welcome to another edition of the Standing Room Only Podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Ben Standing, and I cover the Washington football team for The Athletic. And that means on Tuesday, I was inside the media tent at, I don't know what we're calling it these days, uh, whatever, it's the, 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 the place where the team, their headquarters are. I don't know what the name is anymore. Uh, but the Washington football team head coach, Ron Rivera, and general manager, Martin Mayhew, uh, spoke with the media for over 30 minutes uh, as they helped us all cap off the season, addressed a bunch of different topics. Uh, obviously, quarterback search was a huge one. What happened this year, particularly on the defense, the Terry McLaurin contract extension, staff changes, a whole bunch more to break down what happened there, what we heard, what we didn't hear, what may happen going forward. Um, my friend from the beat, Nikki Jabala from the Washington Post, joined me today. Uh, w- we played a little bit of uh, things I think, I think, and as well as just some straightforward questions about what was said. So a fun conversation. I'll get that to everybody here in just a moment. In addition, of course, if you missed my conversation after Sunday's win um, over the Giants to to end the regular season with Matt Parrish from the Washington Times and Sam Fortier from the Washington Post while on a moving train. <laughs> you can check that out. Um, we didn't really talk too much about the game, but focused more on uh, more of a look back to to the season. In addition, we spoke to over we spoke to thirty six players on Monday on Exit Interview Day, and some of that conver- some of that was folk was was mentioned in the conversation I had with Nikki as well. So a lot to get to. Plenty more coming up here on the Standard Room Only podcast. Um, by the way, you know, I always mention you can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or listen on the Athletic app. If you're an iTunes person, I haven't mentioned in a while, but hey, it really does help when you guys uh, put up uh, ratings and reviews. I promise you it does. Um, always appreciate it. Always appreciate the feedback. Try to do the best I could all year in between covering this team and writing and, and things like that. I, I'm not making any excuses for anything, um, but it's a little bit of a one-man band for the most part in terms of recording the podcast, editing the podcast, pu- publishing the podcast. Um, so sometimes during the season, it can be a lot to do on top of everything else, but hopefully everybody enjoyed the podcast. Like I said, I appreciate the feedback. So if you guys can take 15 seconds to do the rating and review, 30 seconds, I really do appreciate it. Uh, as far as over on The Athletic, by the time you hear this, I'll have more on Rivera, Mayhew, and the players. Sort of what I what they said and what I heard. Um, I broke it up into two parts. Uh, some of it is discussed here today with Nikki, but, all, but a lot of it will be unique to The Athletic. So you can check it out there as well, uh, what else can I tell you? So, yeah, look, it was an interesting conversation. I, th- I thought Ron Rivera was, you know, look, I, I don't think forthright would be the way to, to phrase it, but like he addressed, he 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 addressed a lot of the topics. Um, you know, was 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 a, was a good com- back and forth. I thought with uh, with all the reporters, Martin Mayhew chipped in particularly on the Mar- uh, on the Brandon Scherf uh, topic. So, uh, you know, we'll have plenty more to get to. There were so many topics. I realized with the media in that session, we didn't even ask a direct question about Chase Young or Curtis Samuel um, or Ryan Fitzpatrick for that matter. And I don't feel like we did a bad job at all. Sometimes I think like, hey, as a a group, maybe we could have asked this or asked that. I thought we asked 
the majority of the questions that needed to be asked. I think we asked some direct questions. And I, you know, I think this is a very interesting offseason for the Washington football team. And that's why I was excited to talk to Nikki about all that. So we'll get to all that in a moment. And by the way, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Ben Standig, S-T-A-N-D-I-G. If you want to follow Nikki, at Nikki, N-I-C-K-I-J-H-A-B-V-A-L-A on Twitter. Uh, And I will mention one more time, uh, I I said in the last podcast, uh, as a way to sort of thank everybody for their interest, for listening, for the feedback, whether here or on Twitter or or anywhere else, um, I wanted to do another uh, Zoom call with just people here listening to the podcast. So if you're interested and you're listening to this, I've already had several people say they were interested. Uh, Here's what we'll do. Hit me up on email, bstandig at theathletic.com in the uh, subject matter Zoom pod, and just tell me you're interested in listening. I don't know when we'll do this yet. Once I get a group, we'll figure out a plan and go out and kind of go from there. But uh, hopefully people are interested. And you know, look, we have plenty of time to do more of these. I needed to do some mailbags. So there's a lot of things we can do, but I thought this would be a fun way to do something. So um, that's it for now. Let's do that. Uh, and I'll uh, I'll be I'll be excited to talk to you guys more here on the podcast about everything that's going down for sure. But let's get to it. My conversation with Nikki Jabala from the Washington Post here on the Standard Room Only Podcast. All right, as promised, uh, my next guest. She has not been on this podcast. It's been far too long. I believe May of last year. I when I realized this, I fired my guest Booker because that was obviously way too long of a time. Uh, she is the uh, queen of the golden doodles. She is the goat when it comes to editing goofy highlights out of a six hour zoom with Washington football team players. Most importantly though, she covers the Washington football team for the Washington post. Nikki Javala. I, I, I don't want to say, how are you? Cause we, I just saw you yesterday, but customary, uh, or, or, or how are you doing? Are you pr- processing the fact that officially for us, the season is effectively over officially in air quoting quote. yes yes it what, never whatever ends. happens now it's, it's the 2022 stuff yeah. that's all I'm yeah saying. it's like the it's like the different season you know it's not playoffs but you know there's always stuff going on is there the season a, never ends. Is, is there is there a term for this I mean it is the off season but is there something it feels like that's just vague it should, it should never, something it's better than that? the <laughs> other season the other season yeah all right, uh, I can I I can live with that. Um, so, uh, did you hear that? My dog just burped like a dude. God, that was terrible. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. That's my introduction. Hello, everybody. Your dog like burped the alphabet though. Like that would be a dude. Oh, I should teach him. I mean, we just got to like sit and stay. He is four years old. Um, so that might be challenging, but might be worth a try. I think when I was like 12, I was getting a carpool and I explained to the parents of the person in my carpool that I could burp letters in the alphabet and then proceeded to do it. And then I realized later, I don't really think that they appreciate it. They were like more of a wine and cheese crowd. And I don't think mm. they really appreciated the the uh, the beer and nachos level of entertainment I was providing. Could you do like the armpit sounds too? I don't think I could ever pull that one off. Um, yeah. I, I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I focused on things like, you know, the, the drawing up fake plays for a, a football team that was actually good as opposed to uh 
the, the kind that we we've been covering. By the way, it is t- it is officially you're, you've done two seasons on on the beat. You are no we're no I'm no longer referring to you as like the new person, although I guess you are still the newest person. We're the newest, yeah. Right, oh right. no, Andrew Golden, Andrew Golden, everybody. He's the rookie. <laughs> he is the rookie. And he is he's super young. He is. Oh, um, we love you guys, you guys run deep over there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely all right so so here's the deal like obviously everybody's doing the season ending breakdown what happened we since since on my last podcast we had um the 36 players like it's an insane amount of players spoke to us and then yesterday ron rivera and martin mayhew spoke for 38 minutes or something which is also a really long time so there's a lot to discuss and there's a thousand topics but I'd rather than just say you know what, what what's their biggest need or what do you think about chase young or what's it, whatever i was like oh, let's try to be a little slightly different so i ha- i came up with a bunch of questions slash peter king like things i think i think stuff okay um, you know and i'm gonna throw things out and we're gonna just see what happens okay let's right? do it all right now the first thing is you I'm, I'm stealing from your work today you have a, a new <laughs> article up in the in the washington post uh you went through four areas that stood out most significantly on the team's myriad issues. Here were the four things that you said. One, unmet expectation by the defensive line, inconsistent quarterback play, a slew of injuries and a coronavirus outbreak, and lastly, a lack of production from key offseason acquisitions. Your assignment. They were the biggest four. They weren't the only four. Fair enough. Of the big four, rank them in terms of their importance to whatever happened this year? Oh, quarterback. And I say this, you know, knowing full well, Heineke saved them in many games. I think he impressed a lot of people, and I think he's a really intriguing story, no doubt. Um, but this this team will not go anywhere until they get a quarterback. That's the same for every team that has a mediocre or subpar quarterback. You have to get one. You have to get a franchise guide to to go far and until they do like it's 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 not even worth discussing the other points in my mind like you could have a great defense it still will not save you um so to me it always begins and ends with quarterback um while fully acknowledging that taylor heineke was very impressive given the circumstances sometimes often not always yeah i don't i don't uh, i don't agree with you i mean yes you're correct of course it's all about the quarterback Big picture quarterback will always be the number one issue. If you narrow it down to like, you know, in December, injuries, coronavirus, I mean, they had, they had nothing. Um, and then you throw in, you know, the really tragic accidents were super sad. Um, yeah. I, I think that was a real mental challenge but also physical one because they were just so depleted i mean when you're you're starting a quarterback that you signed off the patriots practice squad four days earlier and he only has four walkthroughs in the wind um before starting yeah that's kind of a problem um we should at some point break down where does garrett Garrett gilbert start rank among the starts this season because it certainly was better than most of the ones heineke had in the last month but that's for and that's for that's for your return. That's a different story. That's for a different I actually podcast. think that was one of the most legendary performances along with Kendall Hinton in Denver. Um, 
for different reasons, obviously. I, I wish I had oh. a bell right now because you got it a Denver <laughs> reference. My, I, I, would, I, I would push the bell right now. All right. All right so I, um, I would say, like, in terms of the team specifically, I mean, it feels like, I mean, yes, you're right, quarterback play, yeah, whatever. But in terms of what we were thinking for this team, at least sort of how I was looking at it, the defensive <laughs> line, like, that was going to have to carry the team, even if it was Fitzpatrick, yeah. you know. And I was like, you know, they obviously were uninspiring chase young montez sweat they forget getting the quarterback record here or in the league they mm-hmm. had 10 sacks less combined than they had last year um you know john allen had a great year but as, as you noted in the story they the, you know they obviously we had the, yeah. the the punch on the sideline when rivera talked about discipline and maturity he clearly was talking about i think mostly chase young but that group on some level in particular i thought and, it was mostly that group because like I think a lot of times, and, and we're all guilty of this, you got four first-round picks. That's awesome. A lot of talent. I don't know why you spent that money, that much money on your defensive line. That's your problem. But you got a lot of talent. At the same time, you got a lot of, a lot of guys that are, you know, there could be ego is what I'm insinuating here, you know? So I, there I, is the risk of, you know, freelancing um, guys trying to do too much. And I'm not saying these are like super selfish dudes, but you know, these are guys that were drafted to be the guy each year. So they're, you're going to run into that. Um, you, you and I, I think at times they did, you know, it's interesting. You said that the way you just phrase that, cause it, it reminded me of something uh, when, when Washington drafted RG three and then they drafted Kirk cousins in the fourth round, I couldn't stand the decision. Now, obviously Kirk cousins, turned it to be a great pick i'm not talking about what what he is a quarterback. I mean, starting quarterback fourth round's amazing but i hated the pick because my and i wrote this at the time for some rag i was writing for was that um unless rg3 is the most confident individual meaning like secure i should say he is going to look at kirk cousins as a big threat as opposed to if it was say the ryan fitzpatrick type guy he's an older guy everybody gets the story kirk cousins did not walk in there saying to himself I'm not this guy's backup. I'm better than him today. I, you know, as a pro. And then clearly the all in for week one to me was always a signal of he was being insecure. So my point to here is all these guys are basically the same age. And it's not like one of them is like the 32 year old veteran who's able to say to the kids, Hey, you're going to be great. Just kind of watch what I'm doing. Let me just kind of show you some of the ropes. They're all basically the same age. And you're right. If one's getting more attention than the other, the ego is going to be, well, wait a minute. I'm up for an extension here too. I'd like to get some attention. I'm sure. I think that's gotta be a factor. One gets paid. The other doesn't yet. He's a year behind. Um, But it also kind of signifies his place on the team. Yeah. That's going to affect somebody, you know, also if, you know, one feels like he's setting up more sacks for somebody else, it's I'm doing the dirty work while you're, you're getting the glory type deal. And, you know, I know, I, I know Chase Young and Mata Sweat are, are fairly close. Maybe there's competition there too, you know, just inherently in the position, you guys both want to get your numbers. So, and, and this is where, like you mentioned Fitzpatrick, this is where his injury, in my opinion, might've really hurt them. Like, I have no idea if having Fitzpatrick at quarterback would have been any better than having Heineke just in terms of pure football. But it does give him that veteran voice, sort of a leader, even though he's new and he probably wouldn't step in the same way as, you know, a, a guy who's been with the franchise for five, six, seven years. He, he's an older guy. He's been there. He knows how to 
relate to pretty much anybody in the locker room, similar to what, to the way Alex Smith could. Right. Um, and I, I think maybe that would have kind of eased some of these things. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I still think they need more. And I'm, I'm always a cynic, you know, this shocker. Is that true? Um, I can you believe it? Um, my dog just ran into the wall. Um, Do you need to check on him? No, he's he's a puppy. He has no body control. He's fine. Um, <laughs> I I do think they need more veteran leaders, and I think that's a big reason Charles Leno Charles Leno had a great season. Not discounting that, I, I think that's one of the reasons he really stood out too, is because he was one of the few that provided that. I mean, they who else besides Charles Leno, maybe Sheriff? Do they have? They don't, I can't think of one person on defense that really fits that mold. Jonathan, yeah, no. not really. Right. I mean, maybe Landon Collins to a degree, but yeah. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, we, it's not all, Tressway is like the old dude on the team and he's the punter. That's yeah. a whole different deal. Yeah. All right. Good, 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 good start there. All right. Here, here's a thing I think, you know, this is half serious, half joking. Okay. You've just mentioned right. Fitzpatrick. I'm going to go to him. He, look, let's be clear. Ryan Fitzpatrick is not going to be back here next year. I, I'm not reporting that. He was not mentioned by name by Ron Rivera yesterday. He wasn't basically mentioned by Ron Rivera ever. From the point that he went away, unless we asked, it never came up organically, really, um, whatever. Here, here's the thing I think. Again, I'm not reporting this. I think, there missed, I think there was some sort of falling out between Ryan Fitzpatrick and the coaching staff, the organization, or something. And here's why. I say that again, he R- Rivera never mentions him by name. Whenever he does come up, it always felt like it was at a distance. I've heard he's doing better. It's not like he, he ever, he never said, yeah, I talked to Ryan the other day, things like that. But then here's the, here's the, here's the killer. They had a bunch of injuries this year. I get that. They, they, they had tons of guys come through the building. <laughs> they had to give away a lot of jerseys. You don't give away the number of your starting quarterback to a cornerback. You just picked off off the street as they did with DJ Hayden, if you have no intent of that guy coming back, uh, Tory McTire's on IR. He's also a free agent. You could have just said, Hey, Tory McTire, we're going to take your Jersey number, give it to this guy. So I, I don't know. I don't know if, if that, if that uh, water slide guy who called into one Oh six, seven, the fan and said that if it's Patrick, maybe that was real. Something seems odd to me that we went from this guy starting to, or giving away his Jersey number. I don't know. I think something happened there. Yeah. I, I have no idea if there's tension or not. It did not seem to sit well with, and not that we would know because he declined to talk to any of us, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, but, you know, when you sign a guy, it's very, to $10 million for one year, he's got 16 seasons of experience. Oh, I thought you were going to say he had 16 kids. Sorry. Good. I mean, he might soon. Um, and, the, and your other quarterback has, you know, one playoff start to what two career starts at that point. Um, and you're painting your, it's very clear that you sign one to be the starter, but then you paint it as a competition. Like he, he came here to be the starter. Um, you know, he's been a journeyman his, his entire career and kind of always in that position of being the fill in when somebody gets injured or the mentor to the young guy, he's, he's flat out said he, like this opportunity because he could come in and start. And then Ron creates this narrative where there's a competition and there was never a competition. It was silly. So 
I think anybody would kind of take offense to that. Like, what the heck, man? Yeah. And I think, and I, I don't think I'll speak out of turn with this, but like, cause it's over now, but like back in the pre in training camp, there was a point where Brian Fitzpatrick was not talking with us. And we basically were like, he, he, because Rivera had not named him the starter, he didn't want to assume the mantle of taking on the responsibility of the starting quarterback talking. That, right that was, that was supposedly his explanation, but you know, yeah. the other two were not named starters either. And they talked. Sure. Well, they're, they're, you know, they're, 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 what do you want me to do? Jump, jump through hoop, jump mm-hmm. through hoops with fire, with fire around them. Sure. Whatever, uh, whatever you want me to do to, to keep this going. Um, all right. Uh, let, let me find a different question here. Now, uh, you know, if at any point something comes into your mind, you, uh, you, you, you let me know, uh, but we'll stay on the quarterbacks for a second. Cause it's, it's what anybody cares about. Is it interesting or important <laughs> that Ron Rivera, when asked if the right quarterback, can make the entire roster better used a been there, done that example, like Alex Smith, as opposed to saying Cam Newton, who he had as a rookie. Mm. Nikki is mm. contemplating in, in, in great depth. She's got the hand on the chin or chin in her hand, trying to really think about is this. It, is the question his re if his reasoning was sound or if he should have just gone with Cam Newton over what he did. I'm just saying like we, he was asked the question essentially. And the answer he came up with was as an example of can a quarterback make a huge difference? He went with like, it, granted it just happened last year. It's, uh, you know, it happened here. It would be mm-hmm. natural to pick Alex Smith, but we were talking all over the place about veterans or rookies or whatever. And he went Ooh. with the example of a veteran. I guess what I'm driving at is ultimately to some degree, you know, what do we think he's going to do? And does the fact that he cited a been there, vet, done that veteran, as mm-hmm. opposed to a guy who was a rookie, is any hint as to what he may be doing here? I think he gets both a rookie and a veteran because you can't have a rookie without a veteran in that group. You've got to have somebody and you got to have a long-term solution at some point. And Taylor Heineke is not it, nor is Kyle, Kyle Allen. So I think you have to get both. I think you got to take one in the first round and I think you have to go find a veteran um, of some sort. Um, I would lean toward making a splash move and, and getting, trying to get one of the more costly veterans if they're made available. So, okay. So the, 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 in no particular order, the higher end tiers you got hypothetically, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Derek Carr, mm-hmm. Matt Ryan, um, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. So those, yeah. those are probably maybe for example, those are like the headliners. Then yeah. you have the, the the next tier, sort of the, you, you, and this is more like your actual free agent class: your Teddy Bridgewaters, your Andy Dalton's, your Mitch Trubisky's, and your Mariota's. That type. To of me, person. I mean, I would take Taylor Heineke over those, to be honest. Okay, and then you have the yeah. the whole rookie class. They have the eleventh pick. Uh, there are teams in front of them that, in theory, may also want a quarterback, so that they're probably not going to get the first choice. But right. feels like they should have an option if they want that. So, are you thinking? You're saying in, in your mind they aim for one of those big guys and then still take the, the, the first round pick, or if they get the, if they get the headline, get a big guy, then maybe wait till the second, but you know, cause I, I that's what, that's the value in Heineke is he does having a, a solid backup quarterback. Like the value there cannot be understated. Like that is important. And I think that's what he gives them. Um, they know he can step in and win a game if they need it. 
So yeah, probably get one in the second round. I mean, it's what general it's generally a weak quarterback class on the whole. So, but I mean, this could be a class if, if nobody seems to be in love. I mean, you know, Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral, these are the names at the top, but it doesn't feel like, and again, things will change in three months. People will talk themselves. The quarterbacks will always get pushed up. Right. All, but in general, it feels like there's like a five, six guys. Mm-hmm. Whoever goes in the second round may not really be much different in the eyes of a lot of people than guys who go earlier. So maybe there's value, right. but I want to drill down on your point because I want to uh, needle you here. So if they yeah. go for a veteran and the rookie, what, if, you, if, you get a big, if you get a costly veteran, I'd say here's the problem that Washington will always have is getting guys to want to come here. I mean, these guys have no trade clauses. You what would entice here. Deshaun Watson to waive his no trade clause to want to come here? So, I mean, it's, it's, there's it's, not it's, much. You could, yeah, you got Terry. Awesome. He's wonderful. You got a pretty good line. Great. You know, maybe Curtis plays Logan Thomas coming to his own. Maybe the defense gets better. It's still Washington. It's decades of losing. It's controversy off the field. It's, you know, a lot of drama. It's, you know, right. it's so, not that appealing, though. Everybody inside the building will, will, as they should, make it sound as, you know, like it's appealing. Um that's going to be their biggest hurdle, you know, and it, it, you can say, oh, yeah, winning, winning against, you know, the Giants third stringers that really sets the tone. No, it doesn't like nobody. No, no, um, it doesn't change it set, anything. It's it helps set a tone for the Giants because they just fired their coach. I don't think it set a tone for, for Washington. So like I hear, so like, here's my thing. Like, I think that Rivera, my sense um, I don't know what you thought of this, uh, but like, I, like, you know, we all asked, uh, you know, credit to Ron, to Ron Rivera. He gave us a lot of time to ask him all kinds of questions that he was in a pretty relaxed mood. He didn't give us the guys, guys, guys. He was in a pretty, you know, wasn't, wasn't being, you know, fight back, but like, you know, when he kept talking about the idea of like, you know, uh, what, you know, that they could use a rookie and things like that. And I asked him like, yeah, okay. Not, he's oh, Cause he said to us at one point that will we give him meaning, I guess the press or the outside time if he goes with a rookie and I'm like, Ron, I don't think any of that matters. You've had a losing record four years in a row. He then pointed out he won a division title in there, but okay. Uh, And that, that to me is the story. How much pressure do you feel? And I do think that to me is the whole story. If he feels he's got to win, he's going to do whatever he can to get that quarterback this time and not come up short. Like he did with Stafford. Of course that may not, may not matter what he wants to do, but if he goes down that, if he, if he can't do that and you go down the draft, I think Taylor Heineke is the week one starter. Cause I don't know if that anybody in that middle tier is interesting enough. And why are you going to sign somebody to a three-year contract to be somebody if you're going to draft the first round guy? So I think it's either, Oh, well, here's the other question I was going to ask you on this related topic. So he made out the four ways they can get, they could be their quarterback in-house draft trade free agency, mm-hmm. which rank those like where the week one starter in, in the, of, out of those buckets, who, I think it's a veteran trade. I that's what I think. I, I think I think I think it has to be. Their their biggest problem is, and this is where the pressure is going to come from for Ron is not the fans directly. They got to put butts in seats. Like they got to fill that stadium again. They have the league's worst attendance, and you know Dan Snyder's not <laughs> like it's you got to hit the bottom line. You know, that's what it ultimately comes down to. That's why there's 
partly more urgency for teams to find that franchise guy more and more now. I mean, you don't have the luxury of like the eighties when, you know, Oh, get your bell ready. I'm going to give you a Denver reference. Oh. Um, you know, John Elway could suck it up in his season and then turn into like, you know, a, a hall of fame quarterback. You don't have that kind of time. It's rookies are, are given, unfortunately, like half a season to prove if they can, if they can be a star and if not, they're shipped off after two years. So, so I, I mean, it may, it makes no sense to me, but that's the way it is. So like yeah. he's two losing seasons in the pressure is there. Like you've got to get fans back in the stadium somehow you got to entice them. And that's, you know, as, as interesting as, as Taylor Heineke was and as great a story as it is, that's, that's not going to do it. It didn't do it this year. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I, I don't really know if I buy the idea that Ron's saying if he drafts a quarterback, that guy's playing. He told me in September on the record that he thinks the mistake teams make when you don't draft the quarterback in the first five picks is rushing them. So I don't know. I don't I know think- that he'll have the option, though. Sure. I mean, if, that, if that's if it's a rookie and you got Taylor Heineke, then you're going to yeah. have to play him at some point by three or four games at a minimum. We've seen what Taylor Heineke, but Taylor Heineke went seven and eight this year. That's not terrible. Ooh, considering it's not bad from, at all. But <laughs> over time, his limitations were exposed and that's yeah. not going to work. And yeah. he's got to figure out a way to win. Um, All right. Let me let me go to a different. Uh, this, oh, this guy is like creating trouble. What do you uh, need? Sounds like Joey's a high school fan. Soon as we got on the topic of quarterbacks, yeah, it's 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 the it's the one thing. Joey, l- l- or Matt Corral? He he's he got silent when I said. I don't know if it was, I, I think uh, Lenny just walked in to uh, argue the point for uh, Malik Willis. Malik Willis. I don't know that he's feeling that one. Oh, Louis kind of likes Malik Willis. Louis, Louis, do you want Malik Willis? I think he, yeah, once that in a treat. Uh, fair, fair, fair enough. All right, so let me, let me go a little off topic here. Um, I, uh, I was going to ask you what was the biggest cause of uh, the, the, the massage gun uh, shortage in this country? You buying one and telling everybody to get one or the pandemic, but I'll skip that one uh, for, for sure. Here's a question I've been wanting to ask since I became aware of your presence you will take every little thing that you have available to you and find a way to maximize it for your work for your education for your whatever it's going to be okay you there is a you do not have a pin tweet it makes absolutely no sense. It is the simplest thing. You, you, you as I said, you, I don't, I don't know how pin much. Tweet. I don't want because then like I hate when people have pin tweets because if they tweet something and I try to click on it, I got to scroll past that to get to the new stuff. Like if it's pinned, it was good enough, and I already read it. That's how I feel, and I don't have anything good enough to read it the second time. Uh, yeah. See, Joey agrees. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I'm sorry. I guess somebody else I know, somebody else in this conversation won an award recently for their work. All right. Well, anyway, that's insane. It makes no sense. You should, I mean, whatever. I'm not telling you to do it. I just, I just never could quite under, uh, understand. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't like promoting my work anyway. I do it because it's like, you kind of have to, but like. Okay. Well, cool. look, I'm just, you know, I'm just here. To I say, appreciate all, right. all the Washington Post subscribers out there. Shout out to you guys. Apparently one of them is in your house. Um, yes. All right, uh, let, let's get back to, to 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 this. Here's a thing I think, and again, if you if you uh, if, if a thought pops in your head or you just want to ask me something random, you know, just feel free. Uh, let's talk about the defense. Okay, 
I'm not saying Jack Del Rio should or will be fired. But if you look at like all the things that happened this year, just in terms of the football stuff, the bizarre things that were happening were much more on the defensive side. Now, obviously the offense struggled. I'm not saying that wasn't the case, but it's about Taylor Heineke was this limited, you know, kind of that. And the injuries on that side of the field, you know, between Logan Thomas, J.D. McKissick, you know, it just felt like it was more like that. When they had, I mean, Curtis Samuel, okay. But on the defensive side, like so much weird stuff. The William Jackson adjustment from the man with the, with the Bengals to zone took way too long. I mean, I, I'm not smart enough to know why, but like this happens all the time in the league. I don't understand what took so long. You had the Jamin Davis situation, whether whether he was a, a fit, a wrong fit from the start, he couldn't adjust to playing middle linebacker. He's playing behind David Mayo late in the year, whatever. All that was weird. The Landon Collins thing. We talked all last off season about, Hey, should this be a linebacker? And it's, it felt like fan fiction a little bit. And then they basically did it. Once they did it, the defense seemed to improve. Why did it take so long? Chase Young, the defensive line, you know, other than John Allen, maybe Jerron Payne, like they didn't improve what happened there. And then even more little things like Danny Johnson plays zero defensive snaps last year when thrust into action, he plays. I, I don't know. Did Danny Johnson stink this year? I didn't even notice that it was like, a no, issue. I thought he was, right. I mean, he ended up playing way more than Daryl Roberts. Again, proving my point that their offseason acquisitions for the most part, there was Leno, there was Sam Cosme, John Bates, rookie of the year. I mean, there were some, there were some good moments, but yeah, I, I would agree with you. So I guess my, my question is what happened on the defensive side? And this is where yeah. I, whether this comes down to making changes, you know, Del Rio or, or one of the assistants, what happened? Was it scheme? Was it fit? I think Ron is, is, is more of a CEO coach on that side that Del Rio is kind of running the show. Maybe that's good. Maybe that's not, but was Del Rio sort of his hands tied on some of these things Did he push for some of these other things, like that's what I think is interesting. What I want to know, and so I—that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying he should be fired, but I feel like this should be a conversation. Like, what really happened over here? There were way too right. many misfires. Here's my thing, and like ultimately, it is Jack Del Rio's show. So whatever happens under him, it's his responsibility, right? So you can argue that before I say this, but I do think that some of the positional coaches need to be you know, evaluated to see if, if they're the right fit for that group. You know, you got four first round picks on the defensive line. Is Sam Mills getting the younger ones up to speed? Do, does that room is, are they on the same page to me that that goes to the positional coach, because that's the coach these players are with day in and day out more so than coordinators, head coach, whatever. So I think that's one is, is kind of really evaluating do you have the right positional coaches Two, along those same lines, most of the positional coaches are Ron's guys from Carolina. They're not necessarily Jack's guys. There are some, um, but, you know, is Jack working with a guy that Ron, with, with a staff that is mostly selected by Ron? He's a head coach and GM. He has that prerogative, um, but does he, do they see eye to eye? You know, right. Does they, he they, feel they, like an outsider being inside yeah. the building? Yeah. And do, do his assistants, are they on the same page? I mean, Ron has preached all the time about, you know, voicing one message. Um, are the assistants relaying the same message that Del Rio is that, you know, Rivera is there's one um, scheme. They did adjust, albeit late. I do wonder, would they have ever adjusted if 
John Bostic didn't get hurt <laughs> and they were down to like two linebackers really I mean right. I wanted that I'm not sure they would have honestly yeah um because it seems like any adjustment they make is just when they absolutely have to because because of injury um but I I think yeah scheme is a very fair point I also think the personnel department I I, I think you really got to look there because yes coaches have a say you know but this is what that new group you look at what their off season, it's not the greatest off season for year one for them. You know, they found some talent. Sure. But like, not great. Is William Jackson the right fit? He wasn't this year. Maybe he can develop into one, you know, it's Curtis Samuel. I don't know that you can prevent that sort of injury and what he dealt with. Um, but you know, when, like you said, Danny Johnson is proving to be much better than Daryl Roberts. Daryl Roberts didn't play until what, like the last two games. Um, you know, did, did they find the right people for this scheme? Did they get the talent they needed? I, I feel like that's a, that's a fair thing to ask um, after, after some of the guys they brought in. I, 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 I agree. I mean, yeah, it, it's, 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 yeah. I, like I said, this is why it, it's, you know, try our best to assess the situation, but ultimately they know where, what, you know, where the buck stops on different moves or, you know, whatever it may be. And that's where I think it comes down to, especially when Ron Rivera is running the whole show, there is no other person equal to him or above him to say, Hey, what, mm -hmm. what are we doing here? Um, from a football perspective, obviously the owner can do whatever they want, but that's that from a whole different, um, a whole different deal. Um, okay. I don't know if this is a question or a thing, I think, but we'll just talk. Uh, Martin Mayhew, his contribution yesterday was to basically tell us that, hey, you know what, Brandon Sheriff, look, not happening. Brooke, we appreciate Brooke the work. that idea right now. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate your time. We appreciate the effort. The Pro Bowls are great. We don't basically we don't win games, and you're not on the field. Literally, they didn't win one game this year when he didn't play. But we tried to make you the highest paid guard last year. That's what Martin Mayhew said, and you said no. There's not going to be a third tag. That's that's quarterback money. That's not going to happen. I think we all can probably agree Brandon Sheriff is gone. But here's yeah. my question about this. If Brandon Sheriff leaves, right, and they get the third-round compensatory pick, that will mean they've gotten a third-round pick for, what is he, a five-time Pro Bowler who was a first-round pick? They got a third-round compensatory pick for Kirk Cousins. When I, when I think that, that was not a Ron thing, but that happened as an organization. They traded Trent Williams for a third and a fifth. Th these are cornerstone pieces that they're not getting much value out of. And there's going to be more players coming up for whatever the reason, Deron Payne's an obvious name to mention coming up as a, um, he's going into his fifth year. They can extend him as well or whatever. I, I feel like this is like a problem. It's something that doesn't get discussed enough because like once a player leaves, you kind of move on, but like they don't, they're not maximizing their assets. Again, I'm not blaming cousins does not count to this regime, but it counts to where the organization is. Mm -hmm. So I don't, again, I don't know if I'm asking a question or just saying a thought, but they no, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. At times it feels like they're just trying to get rid of um, players that were brought on in the past regime. Um, maybe that's not totally fair because uh, they've kept some, but yeah, I would agree that they're not getting the value they should out of some of these. Um, to me, I feel like this should be said because I, when, when you get one side like that and say, oh, we tried to make you the highest paid guard. Like, I think it needs to be said because not everybody realizes this, that NFL contracts, there's a load of like BS 
And then there are the real numbers. Right. So we tried to make you the highest paid guard. All right. What were the actual numbers? Because Brandon Sheriff's no dummy. His agent is no dummy. And I'm not trying to defend them in this situation because I don't know what the discussions were like. But to just spin it like that, oh, we we tried to give you the most money and you just amazingly said no. Like there's more to the story than that. And in doing that, that you know that's not going to sit well with Brandon and his camp. So that effectively shut down any chances, in my opinion. Maybe they come back and you know, because money, money talks, right? Sure. Maybe they come back. But in doing that, that that cannot in any way set a good tone for any sort of negotiations if there were ever any to begin with. So, I mean, I just, you know, we made you the highest paid, Mm -hmm. like what in total value when the total value never, ever matters in the NFL. Like, right. This is why, this is why Nikki hasn't been on the podcast in a while. We try, we, we claim we try to make her the highest paid podcast guest. And uh, she did not take kindly. She's like, are you serious? Your money. Where's my guarantees? Right. I, wait, wait, a pack of Slim Jims. You think that's a big, get, you think that's a big deal? Get out of here. It's a signing bonus. Is it a full or total? Are we talking like total guarantees or full guarantees? All right. We only offered a medium Pepsi. You wanted at least yeah. a large and, uh, you know, I want, the, how- I want it. I want a Kurt Cousins contract. <laughs> right, we'll, 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 we'll see what happens uh, later in this, in this off season. Um, yeah, I I uh, I agree. All right, we got a couple more to get through here, and since you know you uh, are, are, are leaving all this up to me, let me let me burn through a couple more here. Chase Young, I think you've heard of him. At some point, I don't know when this became. When I was younger, I'm an old guy. When I was younger, the idea of who was the captain, it wasn't necessarily the best player. It was the who the the leader of the team was. Right? It doesn't mm-hmm. the the best player is not always the team leader. And yet, some point in recent years it became that, that whoever was the the best player became the captain of the team and thus the leader. And that doesn't always work that way. And it seemed to me on, I mean, I know this is thing voted on by the players, but they have eight captains. I don't think you need eight, with my opinion. Uh, they had a 22-year-old as a team captain. And you could be 22 and be mature. I don't, I mean, Terry McLaurin, he wasn't 22 when he got here, but you know. Terry McLaurin is a captain in every sense of the way. Yes. Correct. So I guess my question is, if Chase Young is going to skip OTAs again, which he's sounds like it's very possible, he would not commit to to showing up for the offseason program, even though he didn't go last year. Ron Rivera made it kind of clear. He wasn't a big fan of that. And then the season went the way that it went. If he skips and show and, and is setting the tone in that way, should he be a captain? You can be an emotional leader. If we're basing it on OTAs or generally, here's the thing with OTAs. I don't understand why. I mean, I do players want to do things on their own terms. And for a lot of veterans, it makes sense. They, it helps them more to have the rest for the rookies. No show up, like do it. Um, But for guys that are, I don't think they necessarily need it when they're seven years in, but here's the thing you get hurt in the off season. If you're on the team's facility or on their dime, you get it covered. If you Get hurt elsewhere. You, you like don't make, get it covered. Would you like to make another Denver simple. Broncos uh, example? Jawan James. Yeah. No. I, yeah. I mean. I, I mean. Yeah. That's. I a mean, very- that was a pretty clear example. And what what floored me during that whole time was how many players did not know that that was a thing. Like they did not know what's in the CBA. Like I remember Pat Mahomes like tweeting about it with outrage. Like, dude, it's in the CBA. This is what you guys agreed to. Right. Um, so yeah, if if for any other reason show up because you get covered and you don't have to pay for that stuff. And yeah. but also yeah. like, you know, 
I, I guess my thing with, with, with Chase Young is like, if he's going to take another step as a player, I think, yeah. and look, I, I, I'm, I'm as immature as you can get. When every time Ron Rivera talks about maturity and discipline, I really thought he was talking about me or the lack thereof. I'm <laughs> like, okay, wait, dude, I get it. I, I need to straighten up. So I'm not coming down on that like as a person, but this is the job he's chosen. And he, he's going to be this guy who wants to be, you know, not just collecting a paycheck, but getting, you know, being a leader and all that, then you've got to do these things and fine. OTAs are optional. I get that, but that's, it's kind of the deal. And whether it's that, or even like during the season, when he was talking, he, he never seemed to me to quite get the urgency that needed to be had when they're two and six. And I think that's going to be a big step in his development. And then to a degree, how this team goes for some of the reasons we talked about. And, you know, if he's going to be a frontline player, he's setting a tone one way or the other. I think that's a, a big thing. Uh, I, I got two last questions for you. Give me something. What's your other than Terry McLaurin or John Allen? Give me something that you're feeling really positive about with this team going into the the off season. Because obviously those two guys are, you know, uh, are we talking player or whatever? Whatever. I mean, I guess maybe something off the something off the season that just happened, as opposed to they have the eleventh pick. I mean, and they have a lot of cap space, but something like off the season, you're like, you know what? Uh, I really like the way Antonio Gibson ran, considering he's only uh, been a back for for two years or. You know, Cole Holcomb played basically every snap, developed into a real leader. He gives them a solid linebacker option. They need whatever. What's uh, what what? Or you know, you can just talk I don't know about, about that one. Well, you know. um, I did like the way Antonio Gibson ran in Week 18. I'm still not convinced. Like, no, and nobody's asking him to put up 146 yards a game. Um, but to run that way, to run with that style, that patience, that explosiveness, um, if he's healthy. Can he do that consistently? I still don't know the answer to that. Um, I thought J.D. McKissick was a bright spot this season. And it was a shame that he got hurt late in the year because I, I mean, he's another one of those like Logan Thomas type guys where you've kind of never really heard of them and they turn into really key players on this offense and they, they really fit the scheme well and the scheme sort of feels tailored to them. And I, I thought he was, he was a bright spot and I would imagine he gets a new deal pretty soon. Um, the, the correct answer, by the way, I was looking for uh, Cameron Cheeseman. That was the, uh, oh, the correct cheese. answer. Yeah. But also sort of Cam Pearl is another one. I also still think. Yeah. Also jokes aside, I don't remember when the last time we went into an off season thinking, Hey, you know what? They kind of have a kicker. I mean, I really like Dustin Hopkins, but it felt inconsistent. Joey yeah, Sly made every kid. Uh, yeah. No, you know, I know you're a big fan of his, uh, um, you know, his, his weightlifting regime. Um, he does not Dude, look just like a plug him in at linebacker when he's not punting. Why not? The more you can do, right? Aren't they all about like Position versatility? Flex. Yeah. Position flex. There we go. Absolutely. All right. Last question. Uh, I don't know where you had them at the beginning of the year. I think most of us were at nine and eight, eight, and nine, mm-hmm. somewhere in the general 500 range, right? It feels like we're all going like, what a disaster of a year that they got, you know, really just underachieving, underwhelming, oh boy. But they finished seven and 10, just, and I'm not blaming the injuries or the, the COVID outbreak, but like, you know, they were six and six when that all did happen. They lost their starting quarterback in the opening game. Uh, Chase Young was having a down year, but he was at, you know still important out for the year midway through all that stuff. They, they finished essentially one game off of where basically we all thought they were going to finish anyway. So why do I, are we possibly, I guess, over dramatizing 
how bad of a year it was. No, because their defense went from a top five unit, most statistical categories to one of the league's worst. And that was supposed to be the leader of the team. I thought they would lose the games that they did because of the offense. And that was always going to be like the group that's in transition, but the defense statistically, and you could claim, well, this part was good. This part was good. Overall, it regressed. And then you're like, well, now what? What do they have? You know, because to me, the way the defense played last year, that that was kind of the glimmer of hope. Like you got a really solid group here. Now, if you can just build up this part, you have a really pretty solid team. But now you got like, I'm like, I don't I don't know where this leaves them. So that's that's to me why, you know, the, the disappointment, the, the reaction that they've gotten is warranted. You know, it's, it's not simply the record. Yeah, I, I did not expect them to win many more games than they did, but not the way they did. Yeah, I mean, and, and I agree with that. It was more of a devil's advocate question. But I was like, on the other hand, like, OK, if 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 the, if the COVID outbreak does not go to that extreme or happens like that, they win one more game, let's just say they have basically the record that most people projected, despite the fact that the defense stunk and all these things. So yeah. if like you tweak it slightly it doesn't seem like we'd be get a better quarterback you could get I could I could talk myself into more wins but ultimately I think to the point of going into the offseason and when you talk about will a veteran quarterback want to come here last year maybe you could have said hey you can talk yourself into this team is on the rise look where they are here and now you'd be like wait hold on this is the team Dan Snyder owned and they look that bad on multiple fronts that's the problem in my mind like to me when when that whole defense was together for like I you know, five, six, seven, eight games. Uh, they did not look good at all. Their four game win streak was when they were without Chase Young and Montez Sweat. And you can't argue that the team is better without Chase Young and Montez Sweat. They're not. But for some reason, they can't get that group to work all together. So where does that leave you? You know, you got a lot of money allocated to this defensive line that is not producing the way it should. I mean, I distinctly remember Jack Del Rio saying at the beginning of last season, you know, you can have a lot of all-star players, but do you get the most out of them? And like, we're like, oh yeah, it makes total sense. And you know, then he got a lot out of them. And then now this year, it's kind of back to where it was like. It is kind of back to the way it was. All right. More importantly, you're back on the podcast. We're very excited for that. Uh, Follow Nikki on Twitter at Nikki Jabala, J H A B V A L A. Anything else you'd like to promote? Uh, you got any appearances coming up? Any uh, any, any uh, social media? Um, you, you got any videos? You're 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 collaborating with? Uh, you know, uh, I might remix. I might remix the exit interview ones. Could we could put a solid beat behind it? The cheese remix. Is there, is there an appropriate song that you're thinking that kind of goes with that? I don't know. I'm going to have to think on it. All right. Well, you you work on that. You have plenty of time yeah. uh, to do that. Nikki, I appreciate the time. Thanks for having me. It's good to be back. I mean, absolutely. Len, Lenny <laughs> literally just said thank you. <laughs> I love Len. Leonard. I'm going to call him Leonard if you don't mind. All right. Uh, I enjoyed that. Uh, many thanks to Nikki Javala. Thanks to her dogs, uh, Joey and Louie, for their time. Thanks to Lenny for chipping in as well. It was a very pet-heavy 
uh, episode. I hope I hope everybody's cool with that. I know Lindy's become a little bit of a, a Twitter star, and uh, you know I think her dogs are she, who she shows a lot over on Twitter are, are she's big fans. Uh, th- they have a following as well. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, the things we do for our pets. Who, who doesn't love who doesn't love their pets? Um, all right, but that's it for now. Like I said, uh, plenty to discuss going forward. Uh, I really you know the off season is is always a lot of fun to me for sure. The free agency, the draft. Obviously, there's the name change. There'll be other types of speculation. Nikki and I discussed a little bit. You know, if if Washington's going to make a big move this year for a quarterback via trade, do they need to um, package one of their own players? And if so, who would that be? Or just in general, you know, what are you going to get for some of, um, you know, what are you going to do here for your players? You can't just keep letting these guys walk in free agency and getting a third round compensatory pick at some point this isn't just about drafting players and good scouting you got to maximize your assets and they have not done a good job of this again some of this is pre-ron rivera but not all of it is and if brandon sheriff leaves in free agency a third round compensatory ticket pick is fine but it's not you know not enough for what you would get for a player of his status otherwise so uh, plenty more to discuss we'll do that for sure but that's it for now Ben Standig signing off. Until next time, see ya.